truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Friday. Thanks for tuning in here live and on demand on The Blaze. I am Steve Dace. Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre are here with us. Our good friend Shannon Joy will be joining us as well for the first hour for your Week in Review Roundtable. We'll get to that here in just a matter of moments. 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. Give it a shot, liking us on Facebook. You know, just, I mean, just have really low expectations. That's going to pay off and Facebook will acknowledge it. You can also follow us on on Twitter, at least for now at Steve Dace Show. And for those of you listening via the podcast today or Blaze Radio, last name is D-E-A-C-E. Next hour, we'll get to your feedback that you've sent us there to that stevedace.com inbox in recent days, including we have committed, gentlemen, a major pop culture foul. Really, it's you and I who have. Todd is children of the 80s. We should have known better, right? when we had the question the other day that, that I totally botched about 80s TV theme songs because, okay. you know, I forgot, you know, a mind is a terrible thing to waste apparently and I and reading comprehension just wasn't, uh, wasn't happening for me that day. But there, there's an obvious one or two that from that decade that I don't know how it is possible we could have missed. All right. Because it's 2019 and we've moved and, forward. And we're, and we're old. Yeah. But that's no excuse, man. That's no excuse. What do we miss? We'll get to that later. Okay. It's called a tease, man. This is your first day working here. You know how this works? I'm just happy to be here. Let's get to the Dace Group. Your weekly look at the week that was brought to you by our good friends over at RidUZone. If you're struggling to hit those weight loss goals, and maybe before it's because, you know, you didn't take that whole exercise thing seriously, but now you're taking activity seriously and you still feel stymied. Well, a lot of times you've been told it's what you're eating. It's really not. It's how much you're eating. All right. And that's where RidUZone comes in. Your body was made, created to conserve and crave calories because it's only been a recent development in human history that food has been readily available to mass populations. All right. So when you decide, hey, I got to cut back and yet your body was made a certain way, what do you do? Well, thankfully, you're created to put a little molecule in your body called OEA that goes from the brain to the, to the or from the belly to the brain. It sends the brain a signal saying, hey, we're full, it's time to stop eating. But it's a little bit like when you haven't exercised in a while and you try to take it up again, the muscle memory's kind of gone, you gotta start from scratch. Same thing can happen as well when you've ignored that little warning sign in your body and just kind of ran that stop sign for many, many years. That's where Riduzone comes in. No additives, no preservatives, no chemicals, no caffeine, no stimulants. FDA accepted, vegan friendly, and gluten free. Why? Because all it is is OEA. It's an attempt for you to boost that OEA signal in your body. And this is why we want to offer you a discount on a three month supply. That's about 90 days. And if you try to make any kind of major lifestyle change, that's about the time it takes to go from a disciplinary standpoint to make it a permanent part of your expectation level. So give this a shot for 90 days, three months, 30% off. At RidUZone.com, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E, three months, 30% off, but you got to use my name, Steve, as the promo code, at RidUZone.com. We welcome in New York talk show host, Shannon Joy, who joins us now as well for the Dace Group. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get to issue number one. It's the tradition unlike any other. Bleep Democrats say. 
But I think for me, he is terrified by the fact that I sit on the intersectionality of many identities that he really despises, a woman, uh, an immigrant, um, Muslim. Look, as far as I'm concerned, leave Joe Biden alone. Just leave him alone. I believe he knows he's an illegitimate president. Those people that are enabling him, there is a cold, frigid place uh, in, in under the historical eye. They will go down in history uh, as despicable actors who have enabled one of the presidents who's doing some of the worst things to that office. He knows. He knows that there were a bunch of different reasons why the election turned out the way it did. And we know what we have to do. The question is, how do we make sure that this time really is different? Because every time we say this time is different. And all of the plans, of course, I think my plan is the best. So does everybody else. All of them are multiplied by zero if we don't actually get something done. And so this is not just a question about policy. This is a question about power. It's like applying for a job and getting 66 million letters of uh, recommendation and losing to a corrupt human tornado. Frankly, when you look at what he's been tweeting today, directed at the whistleblower, um, directed at, at so many people, uh, you know, I, I frankly think that based on this and all we've seen him do before, including ta attacking members of Congress, that he frankly should be, his Twitter account should be suspended. So of course he's obsessed with me. And I believe that it's a guilty conscience in so much as he has a conscience. Impeachment is not good enough for Trump. He needs to be imprisoned and placed in solitary confinement. But for now, impeachment is the imperative. So let me tell you, this is pretty, and this is, and this is the last caucus conversation we've had. Do you know this is really unprecedented? This is the first time we've ever had a situation like this. So they're trying to figure out, no joke, they're trying to figure out, well, is it the DC police that goes against them? No, no, where do we hold them? I mean, this is the kind of, like, I'm not in those kinds of conversations, but I'm asking, like, you know, what, what happens? We have a vice president who is fully on board with this Handmaid's Tale agenda. I'm never going to be in favor of a policy that denies people access to public health, public safety, or public education based on their immigrant status. Well, right now we're talking, we're talking about, about assault rifles. That's what I'm saying. Right. So how do you get them off the street? So, so you, you have a mandatory buyback program. 40 million Americans are living in poverty right now. And if the poverty line was real, if it was at around what some people think it should be, about $38,000 a year. Hmm. This guy is should not be president, period. And when you say that, folks on Fox come after you. I remember the Tonys when he got up there and cursed. A lot of criticism of you. Okay, well, you know, this is cable, so it's not an FCC violation, Sorry. but it is still a Sunday morning. First question, I'm going to answer first. Um, the favorite ride on the crazy train this week and why. I, I cannot believe Eat the Babies did not make the montage. Because it wasn't actually a Democrat. Okay. That's okay. I, um, I really, I cannot tell you how much I wanted to put that in there. I told, I called Todd as he was coming in. I'm like, should I put this in there? And then he told me it was a plant. So... It would have been believable. <laughs> Need some pumpkin spice, buddy? Um, here's the thing. Ilan Omar. The very first statement that she makes in the first part of your montage. Where she says, I'm at the intersectionality of a lot of things Donald Trump doesn't like. I'm a woman. Stop. 
folks, <laughs> if there's anything we know Donald Trump likes, it's women. All right. So the lies started about three seconds in to your mon- to your montage. We didn't make it three seconds in before an untrue statement was said. If there is one thing we know Donald Trump likes, it's women. For goodness sakes, we had to ban a product that because six people died because a woman told him to. All right. I mean, if there's if there's one thing we know Donald Trump likes, it's women. So that is my favorite ride on the crazy train this week. Todd. This is hard. I mean, you saw me laughing because, like, Stelter suddenly cares about the sanctity of Sunday morning. Yeah, come on. There's boundaries, really. Thank you, Brian. We appreciate that. But listen, no, it's got to be Tlaib. Uh, Her, you know, we just got to figure out which... Uh, which law enforcement agency? Other than that, we've got this whole thing about uh, rounding up Donald Trump and throwing him in jail figured out. We just got to figure out who does it. You you put that in uh, combination with what she said um, about uh, who should be reviewing uh, facial recognition tape just a couple days ago. I mean, th- th- this woman is just... She, she is kind of who we thought uh, 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 Harris was. She'll cut you. She'll just flat out round you up. Different person. She's not a craven opportunist. She's insane. That's what I'm saying. Yes. She's a true believer. Yeah. 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 We thought those were the lines, though, that was going to inspire why people would rally around Harris. Uh, It is really staring in the face of man. That level of uh, mania uh, is is truly something to behold. And forget just the fact that it's Donald Trump. Uh, because I know we think they're obsessed with him. Steve has said this many times on the show. If if they are this confident and this brazen about the president of the United States, regardless if it's Trump, regardless if it's a Republican, think about what they will do to you. Shannon. I really enjoyed the reemergence of Hillary Clinton into the whole script. I'm not sure if it's a cameo or if they're going to write her permanently into the dialogue. But I got to tell you, it's like a warm, fuzzy blanket. I'm not used to anything electoral or political. It's not even November me. sweeps yet when you bring in the big guest star, right? Exactly. Yes. Thanks. So it makes you wonder what they've got in store for, for next month if we're doing this already in early October. Exactly. I'm excited for that. You know, and, and especially her reference to, of course, he's obsessed with me. I'm just so pretty. I'm just, so, I, I occupy a space. It's perfect. It's perfect. I'm enjoying it. Aaron. Well, what do we say about gaffes? The definition of a gaffe is when a politician opens his or her mouth and the unvarnished truth comes out. Correct. Well, that happened with Pete Buttigieg when talking about gun safety <clears throat> control confiscation, what have you, when he said at the very end, this is not about, um, this is not about solutions. This is about power. Sorry, white power. Um, this is, you, you did that to you me You can't work at show. Disney now. I know. I know. Um, no, this is about power. No, that's, yeah, no, that, that's exactly right, Pete. I don't think you should have said it that way. You're getting pretty close to being in better O'Rourke territory. Hell yeah, we're going to take your guns away. 
that is that was probably my favorite one of all of those. Also, second close favorite, uh, Brian Stelter, who who has had psychiatrists on who've uh, made all sorts of accusations about Trump's mental status. Say what you will about that. It's crazy, bat crap crazy, saying, oh, let's have some propriety here. It is a Sunday morning, Robert De Niro. He got slapped with a lawsuit today. Did you guys see that? No. Yeah, former associate alleging sexual oh, misconduct. Me too. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Interesting. All right. Exit question. What, on a scale of one to 10, with one being as insignificant as Lindsey Graham's T-level and 10 being as vigorous as Ilan Omar's raging anti-Semitism, what would you rate this week's level of depravity? Shannon. I think they were pretty tame this week. I'm going to give it a three or a four. I tend to agree with her. You know, like this week it was much more anti, just directly anti-Trump. Yeah. And I don't care about that crap. Yeah. Now, last week, Last week, when when it when it's ideological, yeah. you know that's it's funny when it's just strictly anti-Trump, it doesn't persuade me to vote for him on any level. I don't care. But when they don't make it about him and they make it about me, they they persuade me to vote for him. I don't. Maybe I'm the only one that's like that. But I I just I don't care about the whole my team my quarterback thing because I'm I'm really at this point it's purely a transactional process. So I just care about my own self interest. And when they come after those. You know, I'm looking for who is aligned with my self-interest. And when they come after his self-interest, I, I don't I don't care. Todd? I'm totally affected by the reactions to this Joker movie now, which means I don't think I can go below an eight. The fact that there's been this much schizophrenia really? around this, this movie. This is nothing compared to what we had on here last week. I just think it's permanently parked there. I, I, I can't. All I right. can't go lower. Right. Aaron. I, I think it's going to have to be a, a permanent um, floor of 7.5 for me. Because as you noted a couple of weeks ago, Steve, most of the stuff articulated and what these we know these people believe yeah. would, is is certifiably insane. And so we get desensitized. I know I get desensitized to it. So. Yeah, I, I just maybe it's just because I have no interest in the, you know, save Trump or the Trump personality contest. I, so maybe that's where my bias is. I have negative integer interest in that. But let's get to issue two. Shannon already broached this topic, so let's go all the way with it. What is Hillary's angle here? Hillary Clinton is back out on the something trail. I, you know, I'm a serious person, but I'm also a fun person. But I think I probably came across as too serious. I believe he knows he's an illegitimate president. He knows. He knows that there were a bunch of different reasons why the election turned out the way it did. This occupant, occupant of the Oval Office poses a clear and present danger to our future. To our democracy. You know, I really believed that um, my job, especially as a woman and the, and the first woman to go as far as I did, that I had to help people feel good about a woman in the Oval Office, hmm. a woman commander in chief. And so I may have overcorrected a little bit. And I take responsibility for those parts of it that I should. But Jane, it was like applying for a job and getting 66 million letters of uh, recommendation and losing to a corrupt human tornado. He has turned American diplomacy into a cheap extortion racket. Um, because sometimes people say, oh, why can't you be like that? Or why weren't you like yeah. that? You know, and and I, I did feel a heavy sense of responsibility. Um, and it was such that, you know, maybe I wasn't as um, loose or open as I could have been. I know that he knows 
that this wasn't on the level. I don't know that we'll ever know everything that happened, but clearly we know a lot and are learning more every day, and history will probably sort it all out. We have a president who once called for criminalizing women and doctors and promised to automatically overturn Roe v. Wade by appointing anti-abortion justices to the Supreme Court. And we have a vice president who is fully on board with this handmaid's tale agenda. So, of course, he's obsessed with me. And I believe that it's a guilty conscience in so much as he has a conscience. What's the gutsiest thing you've ever done? Ah, boy, I think the gutsiest thing I ever done. Well, personally, make the decision to stay in my marriage. So there's um, some new Monmouth polling out today on the democratic race and it shows 53% of Democrats would be open to a new candidate. That just could be some, that's not just somebody in the field, but somebody who's not in the field or vice versa. Okay. But that's more than half. Why is she doing all this? What's the play here? What's the angle? I mean, this is Hillary Clinton, man. Okay. Who, one ply or two ply is a calculated decision. So Shannon, I'm going to start with you. Since you went there on your own in the, in the opening segment, what, what's her angle here? What's the play? I'm not really sure, to be honest. We know that anytime someone as high profile as Hillary Clinton goes on the media rounds and she's on multiple programs, that there's an agenda. She's selling something. There is a purpose to this exposure and it's leading up to something. I have often wondered if there was going to be a Trump on the elevator moment in the Democratic primary. Again, you guys know that I think that much of this is scripted, at least loosely scripted reality TV all the way up to the presidential election. Um, I have a hunch that they've already determined really who they want in the Oval Office in 2020. My guess is that it's Trump because he's done such a good job for the progressive movement as it is. And so they do need to have a great show, though. They have to keep the audience captivated. They have to keep this exciting. And I think that Hillary Clinton is the logical choice for that. There is nothing more motivating to the Republican base and even the Democrat base than um, you know, the Hillary Clinton versus Trump matchup. And so that's kind of where I'm leaning. If you're just going to give her the benefit of the doubt, I suppose it would be maybe she just wants to remain relevant. She can't stand being out of the spotlight. But I think that there's something larger at play here, for sure. Todd? Well, there's a couple of things. I did not know that uh, data, but it reflects all of my gut instincts. And, and she's paying attention. And so she and I actually, I think, agree about this field it it is weak you had to re- let me clarify on that too though the monmouth poll i mentioned it was national mm-hmm. i misspoke it's a it's a poll of california democrats okay okay which i actually though think ties even more into what we're talking about because california has moved its primary up to super tuesday mm, yeah all right and so let's say you get a couple of unimpressive wins in iowa new hampshire maybe a split vote a couple different ways she she come and decide she's going to ride in and make because if you if she were to win the California primary, no one would have enough delegates. This would probably go mm-hmm. to a convention. That so that that's a thought. But she's right 
about how weak this is. I mean, Joe Biden was the safety school. He is falling apart. They needed a second safety school. This is largely press-driven. Steve is right. Well, why is it press-driven? Because she's a woman, and they were uh, they absolutely, a lot of the women in journalism hate the fact uh, that uh, the way things uh, went down. Uh, you also see the fact where uh, we, there's uh, n- new data about where all the money is going. And right now, uh, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders and Buttigieg are basically in a dead heat for fundraising over Biden, which shows there's a vest- vested interests in uh, Bernie uh, and Buttigieg because of who and what they stand for. That's where the real passion is. It's it's not behind Warren yet. She's no less certain than Biden was uh, six months ago. So Hillary's right about the weakness of all this. Secondly, and just as prominently, she talks about the most courageous thing she's ever did. The most courageous thing she would ever have to do is to go away and just accept her fate. She's not going to do that. She does not have the courage to just go away to that marriage, to life, to accept the fact that she's failed. So she's back and she's not going anywhere. That, By the way, you mentioned uh, the Biden issue. The, the same if you and we're going to talk more about this from a Trump perspective later. So let, let's save that later. But the same polling that that we're being told that shows the public in favor of Trump being impeached is very bad for Biden on these topics as well. When they ask him about when they ask the public about what they think, they absolutely think that his son Hunter was engaged in some form of shady dealings and things of that nature. Now, if you buy into the whole notion that a lot of these things are cooked then it goes to what we have been saying from the beginning. They would have no issue whatsoever tossing another straight old white male over the overboard in order to get themselves to Donald Trump. And so maybe this is these are numbers and data points setting the stage for that. But it, it shows that uh, the latest numbers show that Joe Biden has been dinged quite quite a bit by this uh, as well among Democrats. So uh, what do you think, Aaron? I think primarily the, the main reason why Hillary Clinton is doing what she is doing and is out in the spotlight as much as she possibly can. Is It's really the same reason why Michael Avenatti does as much as he possibly can. Um, because she can. Uh, because she has the opportunity to. When you are a, uh, when you are a political animal, a, a, a golem uh, clutching to the, to the idol of, of politics and being important and being somebody... You're not just going to let you let that go. And any opportunity you have to indulge in that, in whatever form that takes, whether that's the greatest affirmation of becoming elected to a high office or whether that's just getting attention on a speaking circuit, you're going to take that opportunity. So it's quite simply, and I know this is um, this is kind of a, a simple answer, but it's because she can. All right, uh, that that's that's the main reason why she is doing all of this. If she didn't want any attention whatsoever. Uh, she wouldn't be out there and there wouldn't be opportunities for her if if uh, if TV shows and and conferences and things like that didn't think that there was an o- audience for what she had to say. And you could hear. Um, I, I, and I think this is a secondary reason, though, and it kind of goes along with this. It would not surprise me because of what I just said, because of the idolatry that is apparent in her life of politics, of elections, of, of just being in the public eye and being somebody it is. It would not surprise me at all if she was maybe mulling getting back into the race. I mean, would that surprise any of us here? No. I, I think to varying degrees, no. And so I think that's kind of the, the secondary reason here is that, you know, and you could hear it. I don't know if you guys heard that clip before, the very first clip where she's on The View, I believe. 
just discussing and being showing as much contrition as a Hillary Clinton can show contrition, saying, yeah, I was a little bit this, I was a little bit that in that clip of her, and she's talked about it numerous places now about the most gutsy decision she's made in her life about staying in her marriage. Um, she's actually showing as much contrition as a Hillary Clinton can. And I don't think we ever saw that during 2016. So what do you say? Skynet is evolving. Mm -hmm. I think that might be what we're seeing here. I think it's a, I think unless she gets into the race, this episode, I think is a boost to Elizabeth Warren because the amount of talk that she is making about, you know, essentially the driving force in her candidacy was her gender. I think that plays to an Elizabeth Warren as sort of a proxy um, substitute for that. If you have leftover bitterness for how that last election, election ended, I think it's bad news for other candidates that are trying to figure out, trying to get some oxygen in the room, heading into this next debate here in a, in a week and a half, you know, trying to establish some kind of footing, some kind of momentum um, when you've got candidates like Cory Booker and several others that are facing essentially tipping point moments for their candidacy. I can't imagine they're very happy out there, Todd, watching her sucking all this oxygen out of the room. I mean, she dominated all of their news cycles this entire week at a time Trump was, 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 was facing an impeachment. This would, you know, from the way from that, this ought to be a, an, a, a tremendous grandstanding opportunity for one of these other candidates <clears throat> to try to <clears throat> out Trump or out anti Trump Elizabeth Warren and she's offered them no, there's, there's no room at the end for them to, to, to gain an audience anywhere right now. She's taken all the oxygen out of the room. And I think uh, I agree with that, except uh, in this debate now is uh, Tulsi Gabbard. And she already took out Harris, and it's going to be fascinating if she, if she sees an opportunity here uh, to go after Elizabeth Warren. I mean, this is not even like complicated this is just somebody has to do it we're not talking about democrats we could be talking about republicans we had these arguments about when uh cruz or and or rubio go after trump mm -hmm. it's you so, you can't just let elizabeth warren somebody as weak as her uh yet holding most of the cards right now this early just go on otherwise get out of the race be fascinating to see what do you think the rationale for tulsi gabbard who continues to largely be a conservative media construct. Let's be honest. Okay, we're talking about somebody who is making these debates by like tenths of decimal points in polls. She is largely a conservative media construct. Um, she gets far more coverage from conservative media than she does from any of theirs. But this would be a topic to explore in the future. What is the obvious attack point for against Elizabeth Warren for a Tulsi Gabbard? And then... It's who benefits from it because it won't be Tulsi Gabbard. Right. Even if it's successful, she won't benefit from it. You cannot, you know, that's one of my undeniable rules of politics. You do not, you can't out hit how much, you know, your current score. All right. And so if, if she were stronger in the field, then she would benefit from it. But she's so far beneath, you know, uh, Elizabeth Warren that even if she correctly dings her as she did Kamala Harris others as others did will will take advantage of it and 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 you know uh, benefit from that yeah you want to add to that really quickly really, go ahead really quick I, yeah it's it's fascinating those conversations how do you attack Elizabeth Warren because you almost the only way you attack her is by saying in a democratic she's primary. in a democratic primary yeah. I'm, I'm talking about the only way you do that is by somehow making the case that she's too conservative and have not and it's not gone leftist enough so, yeah, I, yeah, I don't, and I don't know on what I issue you, could you could possibly that. make that yes. case. If the odds Hillary Clinton will launch a last-ditch presidential campaign in 2020 were a Beatles song, which Beatles song would it be? This is the exit question: A, the long and winding road; B, 
uh, Helter Skelter, or C, she's got a ticket to ride. Todd. Uh, it's uh, Helter Skelter, but really quickly, she can. she's the one of the only people that can go full Pocahontas on Elizabeth Warren, and she might do it with I, her that, background. That's why I said unless she yeah. got into the race... Her being out there has been a benefit to Elizabeth Warren mm-hmm. because all she's talked about yeah. is her gender the entire time. Helter Skelter. Okay. Shannon? Yep. What do you think? I would I would say the long and winding road to a predetermined outcome. Okay. Aaron? Helter Skelter. So you two think it's too early to tell? Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I think, I think if Elizabeth Warren were to fail in one of the early two states, I think the odds skyrocket. That she comes in for, and tries to make some kind of Super Tuesday play to force this to a brokered convention where, you know, we saw this with the DNC did with Bernie Sanders last time. They, they don't mind just screwing people right out in the open over there. The Clintons don't, you know. But if Elizabeth Warren wins one of those first two early states, then I don't think that I think she's, she steps aside. You agree with that largely? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. When we come back, we're going to look at the, the, the polling on impeachment. You know, I was I was really suspicious that, and and I and when I, when I looked at the methodology, it was an opt-in online poll, all right, which essentially is you know a version of me polling my own audience. I, I mean, from a scientific perspective. So I was very suspicious when right away, within forty-eight hours of the Ukraine story breaking, we had polling that showed the American people were in favor of impeachment. But now we've now we've got. Uh, you know, your traditional methodology polling saying that they are. So we're going to discuss, are we really buying that? And if so, why or why not? And we'll do that here when we come back live and on demand on blaze TV radio and podcast. It's the day group, your weekly look at the week that was stay tuned. Millions of us are struggling each day with what's known as chronic pain. This is pain that comes from inflammation in the body. And if you are one of those individuals, relief may just be one website click away. It's called Relief Factor. Now, before I came to work here at The Blaze and I'd hear the hosts when I was a guest on these shows talk about how great this product is, I was like, come on, man. Can it be that good? Well, I can tell you, yes. I mean, I, I mean, it's a part of my daily regimen uh, part of my, uh, you know, health lifestyle right now. I mean, I just, I can't rave about it enough. And and the two things that I think are the most important about it, because you could find other stuff that may quote unquote work, but, but I want, I want something that, that improves health. And what I love about this product is it, it's, it's hundred percent drug free, even though it's a formula created by physicians who can prescribe drugs. And so what that tells you is these are medical professionals that understand your body is more than just some upright, randomly evolved vat of chemicals. It has a manufacturer. It was intended to operate and work a certain way. And it was intended to push back on inflammation. Now, if you've got injury, if you've got illness, go get professional medical attention. But if you're struggling with the normal aches and pains of everyday life, the joint issues and those sorts of things, especially as we get older, give relief factor a shot. Okay. And, and, and they're so confident in this product. They give it to you 
for basically nothing. How about a dollar a day for three weeks just to see if you start seeing results? A dollar a day for three weeks. It's called the Starter Kit. 20 bucks. What do you have to lose to give it a shot for a dollar a day? Except maybe finally, hopefully the pain. If you want to give that Starter Kit a shot, go to relieffactor.com. Again, that's relieffactor.com. Can I make a quick point on the, and I posted this on my Facebook page just during the break about the whole eat the babies thing. Okay, and yeah, and and now we think it's a hoax because the a pack has claimed credit for it. But if you guys, you get you don't know the name Lyndon LaRouche, Sharon, right? You're, <laughs> no. you're too young for that no. name. You remember the name Lyndon LaRouche? Mm-hmm. Yeah, complete. You know, essentially, Alex Jones was like, dude, I could I could make a living doing what Lyndon LaRouche does, and Lyndon LaRouche was doing this before Alex Jones. All right, he was handing out leaflets in airports and stuff when you and I were kids, as people were there. It's entirely possible that they're lying about being the people doing it because I recognize they're that, a yeah. scam, you know, conspiracy peddler group. All right. But, but let's take it at face value that they're telling the truth that they planted this person. There's a point here that needs to be made about this. The reason this trended instantly, the reason why it was so believable and we still would not know if they're telling the truth, that is, we still would not know that it was a plant if they had not admitted it is because we all know this is actually what these people believe. This is Malthusian ethics in action. Simply replace the phrasing, eat the babies. If the woman had screamed out, we need more reproductive freedom to stem the surplus population to save the earth. If she had screamed those words out instead, would anybody have thought, that's nuts, these people, I mean, that's way out of bounds. No, we all know at face value That's really what they believe because they let you know at face value. That's really what they believe. And that's why the woman had no idea how to handle this ranting and raving because she's, you know, that is what they believe. It's just never been quite put that particular way. Okay. But in my view, the fact, in fact, I hope that they're telling the truth that they planted this because the, the fact that if it is a plant, it could have so easily gone viral and been believable. To me, that's more yes. devastating than if it actually occurred. Yes. Because it indicates subconsciously we know. We know. And you know what it also indicates subconsciously? When she didn't immediately say, that's nuts, that's crazy talk, they know. We're really just arguing that's, about the method. Is, do you want the Zyklon gas? This, do you want Soylent Green as people? Or do you, do you just want the, the granola crunchers art peddling the baby dismemberment parts on video with this, David Delighton? What's your chosen method to get to the this, end game? This was devastatingly effective satire, Babylon B-level right, satires it. in real life. Yes. On camera. If they pulled it off. If they were the ones that yeah, pulled it and, off. And they might have. They, they, and, they, this has just been you know a, a cultic organization that's been known for... You know, throwing poop against the wall in the past. That's all I'm saying. All right. Okay. Let's get to issue three. Uh, Are you buying this impeachment polling? In the wake of the ongoing Trump-Ukraine debacle, new polls seemingly show the American public's interest in impeachment is spiking. On Tuesday, an Economist YouGov poll found 44% of respondents said the House of Representatives should try to impeach President Trump, while 37% say they're against it. In that same poll, 46% of respondents said that if Trump is impeached, 
He should be removed from office, while 37% say they're against it. Also on Tuesday, a Huffington Post YouGov poll found that 44% of people say that they support impeachment and removal from office, while 40% say they're against it. On Wednesday, an Ipsos poll found 45% of those polled said the House should vote to impeach Trump, 44% said the Senate should convict Trump, but only 39% said there's enough reliable evidence to decide whether or not Trump should be impeached. Also interesting in that Ipsos poll is that 38% of respondents said they didn't know if impeachment begins in the House of Representatives. You buying it, Todd? No. Why or why not? Because the American people don't know their collective minds well enough to be this certain about anything for more than 24 hours and any number of squirrels could be thrown in uh, to uh, the um, political ether and uh, this could change uh, overnight. This isn't this isn't stable polling. That's why I don't believe it, because the American people currently aren't stable. Shannon. Yeah, you know, I think that we are in an age of near universal propaganda and also manufactured consent. And so these polls are are not designed to actually take the temperature of the American public. They are designed to move the Amer- American public to a place that is already predetermined. And I want to just give you guys a quick I'm not sure if you're uh, familiar with Edward Bernays, but he was the father of propaganda, public relations. And, um, you know, he he wrote about manufactured consent. And and this even goes into what we were discussing in the last segment about Hillary Clinton. It's one of the reasons that I am so convinced that everything that we're watching right now is, in a sense, manufactured. But this is what he talked about. And he was a very high level propagandist. In fact, um, you know, Goebbels kept his writings in his personal library during, uh, you know, World War Two and and used them effectively, his tactics and techniques during World War II and pre-World War II, but this is what he said, the conscience, conscious and intelligent manipulation of the organized habits and opinions of the masses is an important element in democratic society. Those who manipulate this unseen mechanism of society constitute an, an invisible government, which is the true ruling power of our country. We are governed, our minds are molded, our tastes formed, and our, dea- our ideas suggested largely by men we have never heard of. And I think that's the point of polls today. So what we're seeing um, in terms of impeachment, I think, really is just the starting point of a mass uh, campaign to move the country to a place where they are ready for and will accept impeachment. I'm going to offer not only for the sake of critical thinking exercise, a devil's advocate argument in a sure. second. All right. But not because I don't necessarily disagree with anything you just said, but uh, Aaron, I want to give you a chance to give your take first. Uh, well, one, I think the term manufactured consent is, uh, is, is pretty apropos. Um, that, that is very interesting because that's kind of what I was thinking as I was reading through all of these polls and to answer, to actually answer the question, I, I'm not I'm not buying it at all for what Todd said. I mean, his criticism earlier this week about uh, the, the the Fair Play Act, I think the California passed to allow college athletes to profit off their image and likeness. And I think Todd's criticism, and you can stop me if I'm wrong, Todd, but is that uh, you know people's pe- people's focus on this is when is the video game coming back? You know, that's the type of I don't know seriousness or lack thereof that the American public, for mm-hmm. the most part, takes. 
in these types of decisions. And and uh, you know these the, the the reason why I threw that that one little tidbit in at the end from the Ipsos poll that there was about 40% of Americans who really don't know if impeachment starts in the House of Representatives. Guys, 40% of Americans. There was a, I think earlier this week, I included that stat from, I think, Pew, saying that over a quarter of Americans hadn't read a book in the last year. I don't take this seriously for one second because I have little, little faith in the actual rationale and the seriousness and the sober-mindedness of the American people right now because we're not a serious people in mass. That and, sounds nasty. And that, just that actually, you had no idea what I was about to say. But because of what you just said is why I want to offer an alternative hypothesis. That the polling is accurate. Just not necessarily for the, the breathless reasons the prime Don Lemon and Rachel Maddow and the likes therein are hoping. That especially, especially when you see a number like they don't even know what the process is. It's not like we haven't even just had, even in the internet age, granted it was early in that in this era, but we just went through this in a re- relatively recent time. It, it's been within the last 20 years when we had the internet and the ability to follow things and mass communications and online back then in the, in the 90s with Bill Clinton. Is it possible that a lot of people are like, I just, if this will get rid of him and maybe the silliness will stop, Okay, and maybe they'll find some opportunity to get to get something done, and we can just all move on. And you know, I'm tired of his tweets. Can we? And so, if, if if this will just make the silliness end, so I can go on with my life and not have to talk about this and be confronted with the dumb all the time, you know, um, is it possible there's a percentage of this approval that stems from that sort of passive aggressive instinct? Shannon, you're nodding your head yes. So I'm going to go to you first. Go ahead. Yeah, I've talked often about the fatigue of the electorate and how, uh, like Donald Trump or hate Donald Trump, there is an element of intensity and just conflict that is always occurring in politics today. And it's almost exhausting. It's very fatiguing. And whether or not it's Trump's fault, it it really doesn't matter. Uh, People who are not uh, fiercely ideolo- ideological who are not really pay atten- paying attention will begin to just feel like make, they want it to go away. Just make this go away. It is way too contentious. I always feel uncomfortable. And I think that because we are a dumbed down population, we are ignorant in a lot of ways about our founding, our heritage, our constitution, our 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 uh, natural rights, and, and we've just been so indoctrinated into this compliant population of people that I could see that legitimately happening. Uh, again, it's still manufactured consent, mind you, right? They've still pushed us to this place. It's they, They've still, you know, inflicted this upon us, and we're merely submitting. But I agree with you, the fatigue factor is something that is very real. Aaron, you're shaking your head no, so quickly, you go next. Yeah, I, I think maybe there is a percentage. I don't think it's a large percentage. I think people, when they when they go through things like this and uh, are asked questions in a specific way in a poll, uh, I, I think a lot of people think that they are uh, not dumbed down, but really are. I, I, I don't, I'm trying to find the analogy, and while Shannon was talking, I was trying to find a good analogy. I don't think people even think through things at the level that you're thinking about. I don't. I, 
I, I, mean, I, I, I kind of gave it a level they weren't thinking through it at all. They just wanted to just right. get rid yeah. of the guy. And I, I, just my, instinctively. My subterranean. So you think I, there's I, not a single synapse firing? I don't think so. I think it's just reactions and people trying to sound smart on polls. That's basically what it is. Okay, we got to get to the exit question. True or false? The House will vote to impeach Donald Trump. Todd? True. Shannon? True. Aaron? True. Issue four. How about some ethnic math? Seattle Public Schools have started offering a course called Math Ethnic Studies. According to the Daily Wire, the framework for the class includes multiple themes, including origins, identity, and agency, which the school says is, quote, the ways in which we view ourselves as mathematicians and members of broader mathematical communities. Another theme is power and oppression, which the school system identifies as, quote, the way in which individuals and groups define mathematical knowledge so as to see Western mathematics as the only legitimate expression of mathematical identity and intelligence. And who could forget the part of this class called History of Resistance and Liberation, which the school defines as, quote, the stories, places, and people who helped liberate people and communities of color using math, engineering, and technology. Access to mathematical knowledge itself is an act of liberation, end quote. So is three times three not nine in Bangladesh? Uh, you're racist for even asking that question. Okay. I'm Thank sorry, you. xenophobic. Uh, xenophobic. Just, just say yes yeah. to all of them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right, well, here's our first question. Then create your own politically correct, intersectionality approved academic course. Todd. A plant's history of the United States. Why Howard Zinn is a speciest bigot. <laughs> I mean, if Gandhi's a racist now, why not Howard Zinn, right? Everybody gets red con. Taking them all down. Yes. Uh, Shannon, give it your best shot. Go ahead. I had so much fun with this one. So my class would be Privilege 101, Ultimate Equity. And the game is the whole semester, what you do is you rank and sort all of the children into privileged classes. So obviously you start with the obvious ones, race, gender, income, sexuality, but then they take it further, right? And you start looking at things like, did you go to summer camp? Did your parents read to you? Uh, are your parents together? What is your you know, geographic zip code? Do you and have non-binary gender conforming isn't, parents? Isn't that yes. already, yeah. isn't that already yeah. happening? Well, well, they have exercises like this, but I don't think they have an actual curriculum oh. of it. But at the end of the day, like you rank the class into like the evil privileged class versus the most under underprivileged. And I think that would be very enlightening to all the children. Aaron, quickly go. Reptilian reconciliation, understanding the Muslim, atheist, vegan, pansexual, lizard person community. Aaron wins. <laughs> all right, let's get to our predictions. Aaron, go. All right. Um, my prediction is, and I'm going to, I, I'm going to keep with my prediction. Uh, Steve will not miss work on Monday because Michigan, Michigan is going to pull it out tomorrow. It's I'm not just, kidding. If they lose, I'm, I'm, I'm probably out for three or four days. I, I just, I have to have some place where my, my work does not consume me. So we've got the Marvel Social Justice Warrior Universe now. I don't know what the hell Star Wars is. Where, do, where do I go to get some form? of a download, all right? And save me all your Jesus juke responses, okay? Thank you. I can Thank probably you. find some traces of meth in my car. Uh, well, it, it, we might be down to that. Although, I don't know. Is it white? Would I be racist for consuming it? I don't even know what meth looks like, okay? I don't know. Todd? Uh, I think um, Auburn 
is uh, going to end up in the uh, Final Four. This whatever we call it, college football playoff. College football playoff. But it's an invitational, but that they like to call it the playoff. Y- yes, because yeah, you can't actually play your way in. Shannon, what is your prediction this week? Well, I can't predict anything in politics anymore, and you boys are super sporty, so I'll make another sports prediction. I think that Michigan is going to pull it out, and that Auburn is going to make it to the Final Four. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. <laughs> I see what you did there. I see that. Yeah. Well, I had no idea you guys were going to make sports predictions, but I, I, the dude code compels me. I mean, you're not allowed to change your preseason prediction if the teams you picked in the preseason are still in it. It just that's a that is a dude code absolute. So way back in late March, I predicted the Yankees Nationals World Series. So I have I'm renewing that prediction right now here uh, as we get into the uh, opening week of the Major League Baseball postseason, and the dude code compels me despite the 600 strikeouts that Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole had this year and the 106 wins uh, that the Astros had, the dude code compels me to make that pick. And on a personal note, I'm holding a, a Nationals to win the World Series 22 to 1 ticket. So It's a good call. Well, could be. It, it, it could better. be. That that could brighten my day a little bit if that were if that were to happen. Don't you think that might be a positive? I'm not certain anymore at this point. Let's let's get through this weekend. See. What yeah, I I just I I mean I gotta have some pursuits that don't suck, man. I, mean, I gotta have something. I gotta something I Redemption. like has to oh. just not Red, suck. Red Dead Redemption on the PS4, Steve. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's a long game, Shannon. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, <laughs> Shannon. Sitting there like oh, I went. To, I went to look at the cutscenes on YouTube. They're like seven hours or something, man. Dude, you're looking for you're looking for pursuits that don't suck. Not yeah, suck. not obsessions. Seven hours. No, yeah. <laughs> how much? Yeah. How much time? Did do you, you like that? Oh my goodness. Did you like that? Yeah. Let's be reasonable here. And by the way, the toughest thing I ever did was stay in my marriage too. That was the toughest thing I've ever done. <laughs> Hanging on by a very thin thread, man. Yes, I am. Take that about I you. am. <laughs> and it's getting thinner. All right. We'll come back hour two and some feedback Friday is next year on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Back here with hour two live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Totters and Aaron McIntyre here with me as well. If you're listening to us today via the podcast, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review, whichever podcast platform you prefer, we've gotten thousands of those from, uh, from all of you. We could use thousands more because the more we get, the more the algorithms uh, like us, the more they like us, the more they help us find more people like you. And the more people like you we find, the more likely we are to get to continue to do this for you, the people. So thank you to all of you that have left left us those five-star reviews. If you don't like the show, don't lie. But if you just sort of like the show, if you wouldn't mind embellishing all the more, we would be uh, very grateful. All right, so thank you to all of you. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. That's the stevedace.com inbox. We'll get to some of your feedback that you've sent there and we'll respond to your responses to us here in just a matter of moments. Feedback Friday brought to you by our friends though over at Swiss America. Did you know that there's actually more references to money in the scriptures than even the preeminent conversation in all of the Bible? your salvation, right? 783 direct or indirect references to money in the Bible. And yet, so few of us understand why we have the economic system 
we have now compared to the one that we were founded with. All right. So, you know, uh, when you're dealing with a culture that was inspired by Christian values, uh, that's why we didn't have a a direct income tax at the federal government level until well into the 20th century. That's why we had a gold standard where our money was attached to, to tangible assets to determine its value, not <clears throat> we've got a big printing press and more nuclear weapons than you, so here's what it's worth. Take it or leave it. Uh, we didn't have massive deficit spending. We didn't have these things. Why? Because we were originally a culture that was inspired by these kinds of values and understood that being a debtor nation, well, it, it sucks. I mean, I just, you want to know one of the reasons why you, you're struggling to win a trade war with China? I mean, they're, they're an economic giant, no question, but we have freer markets. We have um, more consumer spending within our middle class than they would ever approach. Why are we struggling to leverage them? We're in debt to them. That's why. That's what it does do to you. If we, did, if we weren't in debt to China, we'd have crushed them in this trade war by now. But we're in debt to them. So there's a, there's a balancing act, you know? And... This was not the system we were originally founded to be. If you want to know how we got here and then how to get out of it and then how to best, you know, give yourself immunity to it because you're working hard. Last year, the American people spent more money on taxes and government fees than food and shelter. And that is with the <clears throat> limited government anti-tax party in total control. Is when that Elizabeth- bad? Yes, it's very bad. When Elizabeth Warren says yesterday that one of her key components for vetting Supreme Court justice nominees will be how they view the the worker. I mean, that's right out of the Soviet playbook. If 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 you can't get the anti-tax limited government party to bail you out, what do you think they're going to do to you? Right. So, but that's why you want to get this free report and CD from our friends at Swiss America. What the Bible says about money. It's a free report and CD. You can get it right now. If you love worldview stuff, you can get it for free. If you just want to be forewarned so you're forearmed, you can get it for free as well. Uh, SwissAmerica.com, that's the website, SwissAmerica.com, or give them a call, 800-289-2646. That's 1-800-289-2646. Guys ready for some Feedback Friday? Yep. Always. We have committed a we we a, a order of business here. We committed a major pop culture foul yesterday, and you're going to agree with me when I point this out from one of our readers. All right, we were just we were answering something on on um, on the best '80s television themes the other day. Okay, and where did it go? Where did it go? Don't tell me. I, I know what it. I know what you're going to say because I I got this. A you lot. got it as well. Yeah. Okay. Which one did you get? Magnum PI. That was left. one. There's, a, there's an even more obvious one, though. Um, here it is. How do we forget? Um, well, when did the Dukes of Hazard debut? Oh, oh yeah. I want to say it was like 1979. Even I've seen that. Yeah. Okay. So, Aaron, Google when Dukes of Hazard debuted. Yep. Okay. Because, I mean, it's, it's often known as an 80s television show, but I believe it debuted in like 1979. Because somebody, somebody sent me Dallas, which is one of the all time great TV theme shows, but that debuted in 1977. 1979. So I was right about that. So, you know, uh, that gives us a bit of an out. No. You know, uh, we, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not. We should, it, how many years did it run? Till 85. Oh, so that, it's that's predominantly an 80s show. show. 
That's an okay. issue. That's a yes. You're, you're like correct. Dallas's most favorite famous episode, "Who Shot Jr.," happened in 1980. Actually, the end of the it was the cliffhanger of the 1979-80 television series because President Jimmy Carter was still talking about it back then. But that's Dal- Dukes of Hazard is arguably the greatest intro of any TV show ever. Which I don't think you could I think say you that could about make that Dallas. Argument. But I, you could say that. I about think you the can Dukes. make that argument. Okay. All right, well, then, then we should absolutely be scorned and mocked yes. for that. Not to mention, how do we miss Miami Vice? That is like the quintessential 80s TV theme, okay? I mean, I, I mean, I, I, so the, the fact we missed Miami Vice. Yeah, what's the guy who did that? The, he did all the keyboarding, like in the, the what's oh, the like name of that guy? Man or something, wasn't that his name? Something his, like that, I think I want to say was his name. I don't know who you're talking about. If you don't remember, I mean, because did he do like Axel Foley theme for Beverly Beverly Hills Cops and stuff like that too? Yeah. Um, So we missed both, and there's some other good ones in there, but they're not as iconic as Miami Vice and and the Dukes of Hazard. How we missed that, so um, we will we will be getting cat and nine tails uh, scourgings after the show today. All right, fair, tough Uh, but fair, tough but fair. Thank you, Richard Walker, for pointing out our egregious error. Where that is concerned. Here's a question. This is an email. I'm not going to read the email. Because we still don't know what his current health situation is. This is a fair or foul. So one of our listeners in Cowansville, Pennsylvania, Stephen Donnelly, sent us a note. And I'm, I'm not going to read the note. Because I think we would all agree the sarcasm aspect of it given we still don't know what, what Bernie Sanders' health outlook is out of bounds. We would all agree to that, at least, right? Sure. Yes. But if you're going to run... The gist of his, of his sarcastic, snide remark really comes down to a, what I think is a serious point. But is it a point that should be made at this moment? Okay. That's what I'm going to ask you, okay? Which is, you know, it's a good thing that he has the health care of a U.S. senator and not Medicare for all because he might not have gotten in to see a cardiologist as fast as he needed to earlier this week. Now, if you're going to make this policy, one of the central themes of the basis of your candidacy, and this is a policy that you want to subject every one of the American people to, except for the likes of yourself, because you're a government employee. So you've got the best healthcare policy, literally, literally in this solar system you have. Okay. But if you're going to subject everybody else to that, is this a fair? Is this fair or foul? Or do you think it this, the the what what ultimately Bernie's health situation determines it? What are your thoughts on that? Oh, it it's totally fair. You think it's fair? And you mentioned this earlier in the week in a different context. Was it regarding the Des Moines Register about what the what newspapers are prepared to tee up and what they aren't? What the obvious follow up questions are? I mean, I mean they're 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 too busy wondering whether to do. Uh, uh, background checks, you know, on guys trying to cure cancer. So if somebody so, at the Blaze or the Daily Caller came out with a column that pointed out, hey, it's a good thing Bernie Sanders has the, the health care plan of a U.S. senator and not Medicare for all, because here's what your typical wait to see a cardiologist I, I is. Would, I would do it much more passive aggressively than that. Okay. I would just say, oh, my goodness, look at this great health care system that we already have. And I'm so glad that Bernie's going to be okay. That type of thing. Oh, it's but it it's totally legit. It's and it's you know you mentioned um, Elizabeth Warren. 
Now, I I do believe she's a a true believer, uh, but there's true believers, and then there's Bernie Sanders. I mean, this is this is the yeah, hill. She's that, a socialist. He is a Soviet. Yeah, he has died on this hill for decades, yes. which is one of the reasons I begrudgingly respect the dude. I mean, he's he's uh, there's authenticity there. It's also he's a crackpot, but there's authenticity there. This is why now is the time to take the measure of the man in that regard. Absolutely. Now, to be fair, whether you're on Medicare for all, you have a, the U.S. Senate's health care plan or the one that we have here at, you know, the Steve Day show, if you get rushed to the ER with chest pains, I, I had this personal experience when I was having the heart palpitations a few months ago. Okay. They're going to, you know, you're going to get immediate health care. Okay. That, so that, that could be one argument against this approach, right? Because he was, ru- the, the story was that Bernie was rushed to the hospital, correct? Yes. Okay. If, if anybody is rushed to the hospital in any healthcare mm-hmm. plan or lack thereof, you're going to get immediate attention for, 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 a, for a chest pain. A particular a potential cardiovascular event or a cardiac event, right? Yeah. Okay. But as a as a seventy eight, seventy nine year old man, you know which healthcare system? So I'm, so so in his in in his in his daily healthcare plan, when it's not an emergency situation, is he as a U.S. senator getting quicker and better access to a specialist than the average Medicare patient is? Yeah, which one is the he, answer? Is yes. Which one obviously. is he more prone yeah. to death panels? The ones that remember those that were brought up by the left? I don't know. This is the time. Absolutely. You have any further thoughts, Aaron? I, I tend to I tend to agree with with Todd. I mean, if if it, it's not as a as a debate device directly with Bernie Sanders or anybody who's in favor of Medicare for all all in, it's not going to change their mind because the dual nature of their minds and how in the double-mindedness of of how they come at issues and how they practice it's not going to change that at all but for people who think that that medicare for all uh is maybe going to save them or maybe going to be better off they're going to be better off in the long run with medicare for all this type of this type of um this type of device can definitely I think maybe change the minds or illustrate in people's minds. Well, thank goodness uh, Bernie Sanders has the best health care in the world. Otherwise, he might not be. He he might be up the creek without a paddle. Because the average seventy eight year old in America, how are they accessing their health care? Yeah, through Medicare. And overwhelmingly, I would guess the percentages. Uh, this is from Pete, who says, "I'm a longtime fan of your show. I've always been baffled by your periodic Detroit Lions rants." As an Eagles fan, I got to participate in that circus a couple of weeks ago, and now I know exactly what you mean. It was as if each team was attempting to lose the game, only to be outdone by one another as time expired. Holy cow. Fortunately for your Lions, the Eagles snatched defeat from the jaws of victory despite having that last field goal attempt blocked. Yeah. Yeah, and then what did the Eagles do three days later on a Thursday night against a Packers defense that had stopped everybody in the NFL they had played so far? I mean, they went out there with still a very banged up receiver core and Carson Wentz turned it into the fantasy football player of the week. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what did I tell you on Monday, Steve? When uh, when my Chiefs played your Lions and the, the, there was this uh, t- 
touchdown pass that got re, you know, recalled. Yep. Uh, after you know, it was a bad call by the officials. I don't think there's any question about that. The very next play, I I turned to the three other people in my apartment and I said, if Steve is to be, belie- be believed about his lines, they will turn it over on this play, and that's exactly what happened. And it was like one of the worst, dumbest plays you'll ever see. You're yep. at the bottom of a seven-person pile. Well, this was just you're one, a yard this was away from Stafford. Turned it over. Oh, the one that Stafford. Oh yeah, yeah when he's running out and yeah. yeah, that was the other one. That was right. also dumb. Yeah, but that was also dumb. But um, point blank, Dak Prescott throws that pass at Jerry World to Amari Cooper. Yep. Did the, does the replay booth say that it's not a touchdown? Hell no. Hell no. Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau throws that pass to any Packers receiver, any one of them. Does the replay booth come back and say, not a touchdown? Mm-hmm. Hell no. All right? Dom, Tom Brady throws that pass to Julian Edelman in the back of the end zone. Nope. Hell no. We all know the answers to these questions. All right? We know the answers to these questions. Carson Wentz throws that pass to Alshon Jeffrey in the back of the end zone. The, the replay come back and say, that's not a touchdown. Hell no. We all know the answer. So why, why is that the, and, and I'm getting that way with Michigan football now. From now on, people ask me, because we're not Ohio State. I don't know what else the answer, I can't, I don't know how you can underperform with 44, 40, four and five star prospects on your roster. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. If I knew I'd make 8 million a year coaching the team. I don't know the answer. So my only answer is because they're not Ohio State. I don't know what else to tell you. I don't know what my other answer would be. I can't come up with one. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Are you in a consolable um, type of mood? Because I, w- I will attempt to console you. No. Okay. No, the only thing that would console me is uh, I, I, by hook or by crook, I just need to win by one point tomorrow so that I can at least have a few more weeks where I I have, you know, some reason to, to have this as a, as a respite because I'm running out of respites. I'm running out of them. I'm, you know, we're at the point video games are about the, the last respite I have left and I'd like that to not actually be the case. You know, I'd like to have like things going on out in, in the real world. Jack Daniels has some pumpkin spice bourbon. I am just not a drinker. I mean, but I mean, I'm just not my thing. <laughs> Until Monday. But that might change. You know, <laughs> I could certainly be a cutter. <laughs> I could certainly do that. Uh, Warren, want to stop drunk drivers from killing sober drivers? Ban sober drivers from driving. That is how gun control works. Holy crap, that's one of the greatest emails yep. we have ever gotten. And that, that was all that it was verbatim. That's all he wrote. That is, that is one of the best emails I have, I have gotten in my career. Mm-hmm. See, just right around the corner. There's always hope, brother. You no, got- no, 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 no. I, I need outside of my job. I cannot be consumed by this job. Okay. I need some hope outside of my job. All right. As, they, as, 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 that, as the Indian shaman said to Steve Martin and the man with two brains. Okay. Soul, peck and bull. Soul pecking bull. That's the job. Okay? I need something outside of this job. All right? Outside of the job, please. If I don't get that, it will consume me, which is what happens to so many other people that do what we do for a living. This golf. becomes all consuming. You ever thought about golf? So I can suck at something else? Wow. That's something that you just get good at pretty in a, in a relatively short amount of time, never. But that's okay? a challenge for you. You like challenges. We both talk and I, I both know you. You like challenges. Here's you the, will freaking hate yourself until you master that. That that's true. Well, it is on my list, but the kids got it's, it's after the kids are out of the house. Okay. Because that's one of those things where I because of my, you know, obsessive competitive yes. personality, I won't just be able to go play it for like an hour and a half and come home. Like I'll, I, I will be out there and I'm like, nope, nope, not until this goes in. Nope, nope, nope. 
like Kevin Costner at 10 cup. No, that drink, do it again. We're, we're going to be here a while. All right, close down the course. You know, was there a porta potty? I mean, it, so it's got to be one of those things where where most of my daily dad duties have, have, have been fulfilled so that I can justify, because by that age, your wife is sick of you anyway. So I could, I could justify spending six hours on that, you know? There's no way you and golf don't end up with a ha- happy Gilmore yeah. sequel. Uh, yeah. No, I, I, I could totally see it. I've, I've never really actually golfed before for real, like other than like putt, putt, like real golfing. I love watching the majors, but I've never done it. And here's the, but this is why I've not done it because I know me. That's why. And I know once I go down this road, I will have to get some form of competency and I won't be able to stop until no matter how long it takes. That's why I've got to wait and put it off until I'm at a, I've got golf on layaway is basically what I'm telling you. Right. Okay. When, 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 when I'm an empty nester and you're at that age where your wife is sick of you anyway. Okay. And, and would rather just have you out of the house. That's going to, that's going to fill a gaping void. I would agree. You know what you should do? I'm serious. You should become a high school football referee. Oh gosh. And then deal with all the parents, the parents and the coaches and everything else. Oh man. That would trying to have a society here, Jerry. Wow. You got to give back baby. So your idea for me to get, a break from a thankless job is to take on a thankless pursuit in my spare time. I I do it in two sports. You got to give back, man. But you're Catholic, man. You don't feel good about yourself unless you're engaged in some topic or some (laughs) subject matter that guilt could permeate uh, the the activity itself. You feel like you're out of your own element. I totally get it, man. You're you're seeking opportunities to be lashed. Like I gave you an out just a minute ago. And you're like, no, no, we should be absolutely punished for that. Okay, so you're you're actively seeking these pursuits. All right, you drink vinegar. Yes, for crying out and loud, you think Todd. it tastes good, Todd. Okay, you think straight vinegar is a good drink. Yes. Well, then, gosh, you maybe you just answered. Maybe maybe you, you need, sit here every do February. You need to become Catholic. You sit here. You sit here. <laughs> is that what just happened? You sit here before oh every God. February. It's happening. The dude, the dude the sits around tables. here like. Thumbing at his forehead like Bernie Sanders at his temples as, as, as it approaches Ash Wednesday. There's just too many things I want to give up this year. And that's only a slight exaggeration. You're not helping me. All right. You already punked me two weeks ago. Can you just take the W and move on, please? Oh, I, I, we did not even have a discussion about that before or after. I Which knew- made it worse. Because the silence was an indication that we both knew, and you have to even bring it up. I knew that at the time too. <laughs> I was like, it was I like was just, it was like pity. When, it was like pity. That when, was worse. When you came in, that it was like you I took know, a knee in the gosh, studio. Yeah. You took a knee in the studio. I can't imagine why I thought that in this moment in time. I came in, or I, I watched you come in that Monday, and I'm like, I just like sat back, and nothing happened. It's kind of disappointing. I don't know where to go from here. Let me let me look on my list. Um, wow, Christmas! How many days till Christmas? I think it's eighty-four days or something like that. Will pumpkin spice not even be a salve for you? Uh, there's no pumpkin spice readily available, but it it would it would it would provide some momentary relief, momentary relief. But 
I'm so concerned. I just brought that up proactively. I mean, we yeah. gotta, now, I'm now, doing I know, what I can. now I know you are sincerely concerned. I mean, the Catholic Church has some incense that's pretty close <laughs> to pumpkin spice. Pretty close. <laughs> Todd comes in here on Monday if Michigan loses, he's waving that thing yes. around. Okay. <laughs> That's like walking around the table like it's the altar. Oh. Jolene wants to know, you mentioned The Empire Strikes Back is one of the finest movies ever made. What criteria do you use for determining a fine film? Excellent question. Does it have a compelling story? Does it execute that compelling story in a compelling way? Those would be the first two things. I would say. Now, if, if you tackle those thresholds, then, you know, it, it is, it, it's a movie, so it's a visual medium. Okay? You know, one of my uh, favorite movies this year is Yesterday. And, you know, right now it's on tap to be one of my 10 best movies of the year. It's a great movie. And the movie hits those first two, it slams it out of the park. But even though it's not a big budget effects film, it has visually some outstanding moments as well. You feel like you're actually in that tight little group with him and his friends when he, I mean, the way that the, the, the shot is set up when he, when he, when he belts out yesterday after the cataclysmic event and everybody looks at him like, wow, what a great song. And they'd never heard it before. Okay. Uh, the way that the concert footage is shot is really well done as well. Um, and then, you know, the more that affects help you to tell the story then the then more the more compelling those effects need to be and if you go back and watch the empire strikes back now you can see like if, if you looked at the non-refitted version of of a new hope episode one you in its original you can see you know some of the lightsaber effects and stuff look a little worn compared now we thought in 1977 this was as dope as a god but in, in 2019 you can see some of those effects look a little bit worn go watch the original empire strikes back and you won't i mean the asteroid scene and all that stuff it all still holds yeah. up to this day yeah all right without and green you know they were doing blue screens back then we didn't have green screens yet uh, we were still uh, two years away from the first film that had CGI. The first movie to ever use CGI was Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. And the scene where they talk about uh, what, the, what the Genesis device does, that's the first implementation of a full scene of, of a computer-generated image in a, in a major motion picture. The first movie that, w that used CGI as for, the, for the, almost all of its special effects was The Last Starfighter. Do you remember that movie? I the do. The kid who mastered the video game and got sucked into it. You yeah. remember that? And taking it, and it turned out the video game was a was a recruitment tool. Yeah. by by an alien empire trying to you know stave off an invasion. You remember that? I do. Yeah, that was the first movie that used CGI for the majority of its special effects. And if you go back and watch that movie now, it looks a little bit like you know video game sprites from the '80s compared to the the full immersion CGI that we have today. So you have a a compelling story. It's it's almost Shakespearean the level of, of storytelling that is done in The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, you, have, um, you have it executed in a compelling way. And then you throw in the visuals, and it, hits, it, it touches them all, in my view. I, I would put the Lord of the Rings trilogy, I think, the original one, particularly Return of the King, I think does all three of those things as well. I, I would tell you, I, I agree with that. I will tell you, there is one director and one writer who I, I would defy you to find anybody who is better at the marriage of cinematography, of visual storytelling, and of writing 
Then Vince Gilligan, the creator, director, writer of a lot of uh, Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, Better Call, Call Saul as well, just delivers over and over and over again. That visual storytelling, the notion of showing you the story rather than just telling it through yep. dialogue, he gets that so well. And if, in fact, a, a week from today, seven days from today, uh, there is going to be a film adaptation or a film, I think, epilogue to Breaking Bad that's coming out on Netflix uh, by Vince Gilligan. All the same characters and cast, uh, for the most part. And it's going to be out a week from today, and I can't wait to see that. That could very well... I've never seen the show. My wife watched every episode and loved it. Some I've got friends that loved it as well. Yeah. It's, um, But it, I, I wonder if that could be the biggest thing Netflix has ever done up to date when that thing debuts. It, it very well could be. And the reason why it's hard for me to say that Breaking Bad is my favorite piece and it's a tv show we're talking about movies here but it's very very much cinematic um it's just that it's so dark but it's in in and just from a from a filmmaking uh, standpoint it's just amazing hey you know those annoying robocalls that you're not supposed to be getting like i am even though i'm on the do not call list i'm on every do not call list except the ones apparently that everybody calls right? so if uh if you're getting those calls be careful uh often those are scammers looking to get your personal info. That's why they're all, hey, we've got a pre-approved home loan or a HELOC for you or a pre-approved credit card. Now, even if they get your identity, you might have identity, you know, identity theft, uh, you know, insurance or coverage. That's great. And so maybe they can't, you know, take out a PayPal account or a Venmo or a credit card in your name, but now they have your personal identifying information. And so what they do is they go online. This is called home title fraud, something the FBI has been warning about for months now. And they go online where most of our mortgages uh, and our home titles are kept. They, they log in as you because they have your personal info. And then they make it look like you sold your home to them. They then liquidate your investment, all of the equity that you have in that home, stored up for a retirement nest egg, uh, you know, um, maybe home improvements or a vacation or like Todd, you got four weddings to pay for one day soon. Um, that's all gone. And, and maybe you don't even know until you go to get that money or one day the foreclosure notices or the late payment notices show up in the mailbox. Don't let this happen to you. For pennies a day, Home Title Lock will do their best to make sure it does not. If they detect anything nefarious happening with your home's title whatsoever, they will mobilize right away to protect you from it, okay? And you can find out right now, in fact, if your home's title has already been targeted or tampered with, they also offer you 60 risk-free days of protection. All right, so if you want to take advantage of both of those opportunities right now, protect the most important investment, valuable investment most Americans will ever have, go to HomeTitleLock.com. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com. When we come back, we've got a couple of notes I want to share on the topic of Drag Queen Storytime Hour. Outstanding. Okay. And um, one of them is from someone who is a former librarian and has a, a fat, an insider perspective on this phenomenon and, and asks to be kept anonymous because they're still very involved in the Library Association. So we're going to honor that request. The other is um, uh, somebody who wants to follow up on how we approach this from a Theology Thursday recently when we were asked, hey, our church is, is thinking about confronting this in some way uh-huh. in our community. How, what do you guys think about that? And I liked the alternative suggestion that was offered up. So we're going to look at this both from what's driving this from the inside on one hand, and then, you know, how do we uh, 
you know, how do those of us who believe in the laws of nature and nature's God, how do we push back on this uh, on the other hand? All right. So we're going to look at both of those notes when we come back. And I, I'm, I'm thinking the conversation surrounding them is going to take a bulk, a good bulk of the time in the next segment, but we'll see. All right. So more of your feedback Friday here on Blaze TV radio and podcast in a moment. Stay tuned. If you want to take advantage as we uh, get into fall now, so there's some good deals out there as people get uh, a little bit uh, more of a sense of urgency with winter coming in the real estate market. The economy is doing well. Did you guys see the unemployment report today? Uh, we have a record amount of Americans yep. uh, that are currently in the workforce. We have uh, historic levels of Hispanic unemployment in America. We have maintained uh, the uh, historic levels of black unemployment in America. I mean, listen, let's just be honest. Let's not kid ourselves. Even if Trump is guilty of everything they claim, those are the real reasons we're going to have an impeachment. Because yep. if he's guilty of everything that they claim, they're all doing all the same stuff that he's doing anyway. I mean, it's 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 literally like it, it, this is the equivalent of Cillian Murphy's Scarecrow trials and the Dark Knight rises okay i mean i mean sold to the man in the cold sweat yeah yes i mean this is a, this is a sham it's a star chamber the real reason we're going to have an impeachment guys is because we have too many people working and particularly too many minorities that's why let's just let's not pee on each other let's be adults about this not yeah you know, let's just be honest that's why we're going to do this so if you want to take advantage of this booming economy uh and plunging mortgage rates make sure you go in there first though with a real estate agent that you can trust someone whose record of success has been proven it's a proven, established, vetted track record. Otherwise, they wouldn't be listed at realestateagentsitrust.com. Someone who knows what the term professional courtesy means. Someone who knows that you need a marketing plan that, incur- that entails more than just another open house that you cleaned your house stem to stern for and two people showed up, right? If you want an agent that checks all of those boxes, don't take it for granted you'll get them at any other referral services because a lot of those are about helping agents to find clients. This one is different. It was established with the purpose of finding agents worthy of having people like us for a client. Go to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. Yeah, I mentioned the other day I, when I posted something from the Babylon Bee, how it triggered the, uh, mm-hmm. the uh, Cheeto Jesus Saves cult. Right. I can't wait for this. I've got scheduled to run tonight on a scheduled post on my Facebook wall. Is, is essentially what I just said about what we're really going to, we're really going to have an impeachment because too many, the economy is doing too well. There's too many people working. That's really why we're going to do this. Let's not kid ourselves. And I, I look forward to seeing now orange man, bad. Yes. Will, will, which loved what I said about the Babylon B thing, orange man, bad cult will, will, will return with a vengeance. Anybody disagree with that, Aaron? No, 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 that's going to be fantastic. And I will say, I have not gotten as much Orange Man bad stuff. I think I've effectively on Twitter blocked everybody, or not blocked, but muted everybody yes. who said that. That is a wonderful function on a wonderful website. Yes, love mute. Because yeah. what, what, what I also did is I unblocked everybody, so now I get to say I don't, I don't block anybody. But man, I have muted multitudes. Yeah. And you get a mute, and you get a mute, and you get one. Yes. All right, let's get to this. So a couple of thoughts on drag queen story time hour. This is from a former librarian who chooses to remain anonymous. Uh, They write, I want to emphasize to you and your audience that probably every library in America wants to go the drag queen story time hour route. 
I live in a very conservative area. Know that if it wasn't for the conservative community and if respected Christian conservatives weren't on our local library board, the progressive leftists in the library administration would have eagerly begun this already. It is important that your audience know that they have a say in local library affairs. Their tax money is funding their local libraries after all. Libraries get their funding from lobbying local governments for tax money, all based on statistics of how many people walk into the building, how many books are checked out, how many computers are logged onto, how the community rooms are used, etc. Everything that could be counted is. At public meetings with local boards of supervisors where librarian administrations present and lobby for money, please encourage members of your audience to go to these meetings and voice their opinions. Or get in touch with library board members to voice your opinions. Usually the names of the board are listed on the library's website. Or try to become a member of the library board yourself. Now, this might be something I might try to do. I hadn't thought about this. You know what? If we lose on if we lose on Saturday, I'm going to try to become a member of the Western Wine Library Board. So, someone uh, and 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 you know what? I, I'm going to have someone has to pay for this. Someone has to pay for this. <laughs> it's going to be the liberals at the library. Someone must pay. Cannot think of a better Someone idea. Someone must pay. We got to the cons consolation okay. for, for you. For ending Finally. my season before yep. it really ever actually begins that I look forward to all year long. Someone will have to pay for this. So I, if we lose on Saturday, I am going to find out how do I get to become a member of the library board. I'm sure there's an election process. How many signatures do I need, et cetera. Okay. Uh, even complaining loud and often at local branches can be effective from what I have seen firsthand. Um, my same leftist progressive library administration friends would be eager and celebrate because, oh, look, we're helping people with sex offenders leading story times. How do I know this? Because local libraries are already overflowing with sex offenders allowed to spend hours on computers and, quote, hang out in chairs playing on their phones. Even though we have security, their hands are tied and they are not permitted to put anyone out, even when the regular patrons have no respect for rules or other patrons. The staff are instructed not to help police in cases where they come through looking for our regular patrons, which happens once a week or so. We were discouraged from looking at the local sex offender registry and crime reports. We aren't supposed to be keeping tabs and our patrons, but we did anyway to protect each other and be knowledgeable about the safety of our other patrons, patrons who's in the store or the library. Often patrons or parents drop off their teens for the afternoon or in, or in the case of smaller children, allowing them to roam freely unsupervised. I cannot emphasize enough how dangerous that is in today's libraries. Libraries are not safe anymore. Thanks. Any thoughts? That, again, is from a former librarian who chooses to remain anonymous. Well, I, honestly, because I've had some experience with my own uh, children's uh, school district, you, your willingness to go in there, engage them, and use social media to do it is, is devastating because there are these mini cults throughout the culture. Uh, they choose these places for specific reasons. And the people that are on these bars are often sycophants. They're full-fledged members of the cult. But they love the fact that they can do it in relative um, smart set anonymity. You start outing them publicly, ooh, they, they don't like it. You want to see them scurry? They'll scurry. All I've got to say is what our buddy at uh, Blaze Media, Chris Pandolfo, just messaged me after you went through that uh, message. He says he's now praying for a Wolverine's loss to own the libs. No. No, no, no. <laughs> don't want it that bad. No, I don't, I, don't, I, I don't want to be on the library board that bad. <laughs> okay. 
No, but this is what we're this is what we're talking though. Seriously, this is getting in. I mean, this is what Shane and Joy, our, our guest on the Dace Group, mm-hmm. talked about uh, or talks about all the time. Getting involved at the local level, things like this. I mean, th- these people are fundamental. We always talk about this. These people are true believers, but they are fundamentally bullies. So see what happens when you actually confront them face to face, because if they're they're what, what what's more likely. Um, they're going to be all the more emboldened to um, encourage and promote and even facilitate Drag Queen Story Hour uh, when they're not facing any pushback face-to-face with uh, their, their, their patrons or if they actually are being confronted normally by their patrons. Um, I think human nature says, even if they are um, you know, inflicted with the madness of progressivism, human nature says that they don't want any part of confrontation and they'll just get do whatever it takes to make it stop. Hmm. Well, you know, I don't care about the confrontation. It's yeah. just a matter of whether me confronting you is worth my time or not. You know, that's all I care about. Uh, this is from Beth Birch. As a follow-up to your Theology Thursday on Drag Queen Story Hour at the library, one of the next steps could be providing an alternative within the faith community and then inviting the parents and children from the library. Establish a story hour within your church or at another venue that is not church-related, maybe a local fire hall, a community center, maybe both. Make your story hour the same as the existing story hour. Read books uh, illustrating good morals, giving parents handouts with talking points or discussion questions suitable for various ages. Pardon me. Provide snacks and time for socialization. Pray for the families who attend and those who don't. This should be more than playtime for the children. Let the families know they have a place to go that offers values, help in raising their children, and hope. And I have gotten See, emails from folks telling me that they have gone to their libraries that have done the story, the drag queen thing, and asked if they could do their own story hour with with morally righteous themes and things of that nature, and and they were given approval to do that. So, see, I just don't think there's any um, any precedent in church history, though, of taking what the culture has has put out there and using it and and flipping flipping the uh, intentions and using it for good or using it for something that actually inv- advances the gospel. I don't think there's any there's there's no there's, there there are yeah, no examples you know, or precedents of that. Yeah, so. I can't think of yeah. I can't think of anything either. We're kind of stumped. Yeah. Well, maybe she's on to something then. Maybe. Sar- sar- maybe. Sarcasm aside, what, what Beth is essentially urging us to do is to follow in the long-standing 2,000-year-old tradition of the Christian church doing exactly yep. this in, in various That's other good. venues. I like that. I liked it too. Um, Jane sends, just sent me a note. I need a snail mail address, and I'm going to send you some pumpkin spice macaroons stat. In case anybody else wants to get in on that, Aaron, what is the snail mail address here? I'm not giving that out on the. It's a PO box, right? Oh, oh, the The PO PO box. box. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. We don't want people coming to the the office. I'm talking about the PO Uh, box. PO box four two one five seven four two one five seven four two one five seven. Yep. Urbandale, spelled just like it sounds, Urbandale, Iowa, five zero three two two. PO box four two one five seven. Urbandale, Iowa, five zero three two two. Thank you. Yeah, I could, I could use it all, but right now, as a matter of fact, I've got somebody did send me a cool recipe for pumpkin chocolate chip cookies. I've got all the ingredients for those. I'm going to be making those this weekend. So there's that. You know, baking. There you go. Yeah, there's that. So become a confectionery icon. Yeah, I mean, because 
you know, eating your feelings is always a healthy, it's always a healthy habit to do that. My mom makes these killer gluten-free pumpkin bars. Yeah. I, with, oh, with, I uh, love pumpkin bars. With chocolate chips in them. Oh. Yeah. And you know what also really bothers me too? Like, do you know I'm, <laughs> what like one of my favorite Christmas time desserts is? They even make better Christmas desserts than we do. I freaking love Buckeye Balls. With the like oh the God. crunchy peanut butter chocolate. Oh, it is like homemade Reese's. Though. Yeah, 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 they're they're phenomenal. What's the Wolverine yeah. equivalent to that? We, we we don't have. We just lose. We don't we don't have anything equivalent to that. I, I don't know how we won more games than we must have started playing college football in like sixteen nineteen when Cyanide. the race, when the racist arrived. We must have started then and just got a two hundred year head start on everybody, and that's how we ended up being the most winningest team ever. I don't I don't know. Ohio State even makes better, makes better desserts than we do. I mean, I just don't even know what to do. I, I'm just I'm broken. Part of me thinks that Steve is just po-boying this, Todd. No, I'm, I am this angst-driven about this. Faux shizzle. I think we're, we're finding a level of honesty that's been on hold yeah. for like three years. Yeah, yeah. We've seen, do you remember, well, it was just last year. He was so glad that he got to put this off when the, you did the Kool-Aid drinking bit. I'm in. Yeah. You knew, you know, you were in, there was a desperateness to being in the, this is because you've been delaying this. I think this is real. I think Stephanie Laval says, I'm hoping you guys can answer a question from my son who brought it to my attention. If Anakin Skywalker was the chosen one based on prophecy and killed Emperor Palpatine, what does it mean to be the chosen one if Palpatine did not actually die? Has the prophecy been fulfilled or not? That is a great question. That's a great question because, of course, you know, we know Pal- now we don't know that Palpatine is alive, alive. We just know that he's in the next movie. Okay, that's all we know. Is, this could be like a, a Sith version of a Horcrux. Yeah. So, is, so send your witchcraft emails to Aaron because I'll just delete them. <laughs> um, it could be something along those lines, right? Yeah. Okay. Is the, is the rule of two? Um, is that kind of more like the pirate crowd, where it's more yes. like guidelines and actual? Yeah. Yeah. Rules? It, it yeah. wasn't in the uh, this w- this happened very late in the Sith history because they they'd go to war with each other as much as they'd go to war with the with yeah. the Jedi. Because, you know, they would just betray each other all the time. And so that's where the rule of two came from, that there's only a master and an apprentice, because otherwise they could never build their ranks back up. They could never, uh, you know, bring the dark side of the force back into the mainstream because they would just feast on themselves like the locusts they are. Yeah. There's, there's no good answer, and you won't find one coming out of this final movie. They haven't done the groundwork to do it satisfactorily. There's, it's impossible. You are correct. This is like, you can't play, you like J.J. Abrams, and we thought he could, if there anybody could, because of what he did with I Lost. I still think that he can. He can't. I think he can. He won't. I'm holding out hope. I need to think that he can. All right? Michigan winning is way more likely than him pulling that off. See? There's your hope. Todd. Todd. That's where your hope just, is. Don't put just, it. Put it back in Michigan. Don't put it you, in. You're not I, helping. Step off. It's. I'm so low right now that I'm. I'm disappointed. The Detroit Lions are on a bye week. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've got Amy's number. Should I text her to come pick you up? You might text her to yeah to get an account at eHarmony. She may need a she may she may need a substitute husband because the the one she has right now is very broken. 
She might, she might need a, we, we're having a date night tonight. She may have to make some, she may have to find an alternative. Her the current husband she has is pretty broken right now. I, I can't even see, I, I can't even, I can't even have an intelligent, I can't, I can't talk Star Wars. Cause now we got Todd doing the Hulk Hogan leg drop off the top rope. Okay. Three count. I'm out. What are we doing? You asked the Star Wars question. I had to keep no, it No, actually, Stephanie Laval asked the Star Wars question, all right? So blame her. She asked. I'm, I'm holding out hope that this is going to be interesting in some way. That JJ You don't Abrams even need to win tomorrow, man. To. You can win the rest of your games and, and still have the season you want. No, I'm talking about Star Wars. You I'm, not, I'm still talking about it. the other thing. You, you don't even need to win tomorrow. Game. Oh, I want to win tomorrow, though. I don't really care what the impact is. Oh, I about said something that was probably going to cause me to lose my job. <laughs> Greg Modal writes, do you think the left hates Trump because he's now a celebrity re- Republican? They're concerned that he has crossover appeal and they're used to pop culture celebrities kind of being their thing. After all, before he became the Republican, the left loved Trump for decades. Um, I don't know. I, I got to see evidence that he has crossover appeal first, you know, and we might see that next election. I don't know that we won't. I don't know. You know, he did outperform Romney among minority voters by like one point, you know, so, but you, he, you have to show me that he's got crossover appeal. Now he did get, now you could define that crossover as he did get, you know, what about three to 6 million people that voted for Obama twice or once, at least once, maybe twice uh, voted for him. Maybe that's your crossover appeal there. But he also lost some of the Republican suburban base in the process. So it was kind of a, it was he wasn't necessarily adding to the ranks. He was just kind of reconfiguring the, the GOP coalition. But your general point that if you violate the left's identity politic, um, you know, uh, legend, you know, meaning how the, you know when you look at a map, what the symbols mean, you, you you can't you're not allowed to go outside of that sphere. So they get they get pop culture, they get minorities, right? Um, they get gays. You're, you're not allowed to violate that. So if you're if you're Dave Rubin and you're you identify as homosexual and you have a you want to think for yourself, then you're you're not really gay or you're you're really a, a you know you're a Nazi. If you're a John Miller here at the Blaze and you're black and you've been black your whole life, but you don't identify you don't vote that way, you're not really black, right? I mean that we we've seen right. that. So could that be some of it? Because these people all used to love him before that. Yeah, that's a general principle of the American left. You're, you're at right on the money. I just don't know yet what evidence we have for a crossover appeal. Because to me, losing some voters to gain others isn't a crossover. You just, you, you, that's a trade. A crossover is when you add to what you already had. Now, he might do that in this next election. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. He has any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I would echo what what you said uh, because I I don't think there's this is not this is not a normal celebrity uh, if that makes sense this is not this is he's first and foremost a businessman first even in his celebrity he is first and foremost a celebrity because of his business acumen or you, that's debatable putting that aside he is first and foremost a businessman people like I, I'm thinking of Patricia Heaton. She is uh, primarily thought of as a beloved actress mm-hmm. uh, before she is thought of as X, Y, and Z. So you kind of get the distinction that I'm making. Sure. Um, so I think it's a little bit different with Trump. All right, we're going to stick around, give you our best and worst of the week in the overtime. If you're a Blaze TV subscriber, 
Go to blazetv.com slash dace to subscribe and get a discounted subscription on my name. Uh, and you'll get access to everything we do here at Blaze TV. For the rest of you, have a great weekend. I may or may not be here on Monday. We shall see. Till then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.